Hello and welcome into the Mavs Draft Podcast. My name is Jared Katz alongside Mr. Mavs Draft Richard Stamen. How's it going today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, how about you? I feel like you got some big news you want to share. Uh, I do. I got engaged last weekend shortly after we record. Well, the day after we recorded last. And that's why I was a little slow uploading the episode. Normally, I don't have a reason. Normally, I'm just, you know... <laughs> A little lazy or something, but yeah, this time I had a real reason. Well, I'm glad our episode inspired you to propose. I I know that's what happened. We did our big board and you're like, you know what? After we got through number one, there was just no number two in your heart, you know? Oh my God. That's cheesy like that. You're corny. You're corny. (laughs) But you're right. But it is like the draft. There is only one, one winner here. Whoever gets Cade. I mean, there's two winners, me and her. True, true. My bad. <laughs> yeah, we're both winners. Come on, man. Uh, anyway, um, it was a big week of college basketball since we last recorded. Um, I found some time to watch some games, and I know you did too. We'll talk about those in a little bit. Um, but first, why don't we talk a bit about the Mavs um, ju- just for a little bit, and then we'll get into all the college basketball stuff. So, um where where would you like to start? Well, I, I think first we should preface we're recording this an hour and a half before the Spurs Mavs game tips off. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be a little bit outdated. It could be even after the Rockets game tomorrow, like depending on when it comes out. No pressure, Jared. Uh, but <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, this is That's harsh. after the stopping after the Pacers game. So anything you hear if you hear this after Saturday or something, it's kind of outdated. So that's kind of our a fault of our own by choosing to record this before a Mavs game. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think let's start with the win on on Wednesday. It was just kind of those last three games. You know, they played three games in four nights. Chicago on Sunday. Um, I'm blanking on who they lost to on Monday. It was just that embarrassing. Uh, uh, they lost by three to the Bucks, the Bucks. by sixteen yeah. to the Bulls. Yep, they got blown out by the Raptors, and then they beat the Pacers right. by twelve. Yeah, it's crazy because the schedule – well, actually, God, they played two sets of three games in four nights. The The Raptors one was the third game in four nights, and then the Pacers one also was the third game in four nights. I mean, it's just a brutal stretch, and then they have a back-to-back tonight and tomorrow. The schedule – this is easily the hardest part of the schedule the first half. Um, I, I don't know what the rest of it looks like, but there's no way that it gets as hard as it is now. And I think that's the most important thing to note, and obviously Jalen Brunson just came back. Um, I mean, I'd start with him. He's averaging 50% on the year as a shooter. Uh, his stats are crazy good. He's He gets mm-hmm. the occasional mistake every once in a while. It's nothing to, like, crucify him over. Um, but he's been really good this year. I've been a big fan. Like, he's shaken off the rust really well. His shot's looking pretty decent. He's been smart about where he takes it. Like, I think he took his first shot on the right side of the court on Wednesday, and it was a make. And I think he went one for two on the right side. Like, that is a huge improvement the shot selection. That's a big part of why his field goal percentage is up. Yeah. I've, I've been, I haven't been shy about my criticism uh, of Brunson. I know, uh, I know he's one of your favorites just from, from <laughs> draft time. No, but, but like, seriously, he was a guy that you, um, you were very high on. I think he was like top 15 on your board, 15. Um, so, I mean, for you, the Mavs came away with Luka and Brunson in that class. You're, you're thinking we got two top 15 talents, which is great. Um, I was wrong. <laughs> and, and, well, no, I, I don't necessarily think you were wrong because, you know, I, I think where where people get a little unfair to Brunson is when he has to kind of run everything on his own. And I just don't think that's him. I I, I think he's, I think he's a complimentary, like like kind of the secondary ball handler, on on a second unit, um, who can create a little bit, but I just don't know if I want him quarterbacking it. But I think that's why I kind of like him paired with Trey Burke, and they can yeah. kind of run things as the, you know, one A one B of the second unit. The only yeah. thing that sucks is it's a terrible rebounding group, you know, as far as guards go. 
Yeah, it is brutal, but that that's a great point. I love that duo. I mean, we saw it on Wednesday that the trio of KP with those two was spectacular. I think that's pretty much what sealed the game in the second half was when those three were out there, they just couldn't miss. It was a perfect lineup, and and I do think that is Jalen Brunson's best backcourt counterpart. I don't like him with Luka. Um, it just doesn't work because you need to be a spot-up shooter, I think, in order to stay on the floor with Luka for the most part. If you're not a big man that, you know, doesn't run a pick and roll, but there's never going to be a pick and roll where Brunson's the screener. He's rolling or popping. Nobody's falling for that either way. So I, I'm, I love what you said though. That is a huge point like that. That is the best way to use Brunson is to with Burke. And I think that might've been one of the first times we saw him was that game against Indiana. And I'm hoping that, that Rick starts using that lineup. Well, and less more of that and less of Luca and Brunson. Yeah. And, and I think, we, we kind of jumped the gun on it a little bit, but but I just want to rewind to, you know, playing three games in four nights. And I mean, basically, was it basically like four and five, realistically, or four and six? Yeah, it's four and six, I think. Um, I mean, I mean, so, I mean, this is probably the worst possible time that you could have lost four players, three of them being very key players. And they did. Right, they Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi, and then Powell also, um, all being out, and you missed them. And I think it was obvious that you missed them. You missed the defensive intensity that Richardson and Finney-Smith bring, um, the shooting that that Maxi's been able to bring as like a forty-five percent three-point shooter or something ridiculous so far. Um, so not having those pieces um, hurt the Mavs, but at the same time, we got to see some some different lineups and some some other guys maybe try to cement their place in the rotation when they were given an opportunity. Um, namely, for me, uh, Wessa Wondu and Josh Green, um, and having them out there playing defense together. Um, it wasn't Richardson and, and Finney Smith, but, but they weren't bad. And I think both of them proved that in a pinch, they could be used. Yeah. And, and my favorite thing was like, I tweeted this after the game on Wednesday. Um, the best way to tell how Josh Green played. And, and I think this goes the same for a one do it goes both ways. Um, the best way to tell how well Josh Green played was that a one do played two minutes and it's going to kind of be the same thing. I think that first quarter, first half is really a trial period for both. Um, and then the second half, the other gets the keys to that defensive stopper role. Um, we also, I mean, you know, I'll never miss an opportunity to, to praise Josh Green, but I mean, he was doing everything. He got to his spots on Wednesday. Like I can't say enough as easily his best game of his very young career. Uh, and I do think that Wes one do, that that duo is just such a it has a lot of potential which for like a 10th man which is limited <laughs> but i really i just i think they're great in their complementary roles they do a lot of the dirty work especially off ball and obviously they overlap uh but yeah I, i'm a big fan of what we've seen so far from both for sure um and i think people have been a little uh a little harsh on green um just because of some of the success of other rookies that were drafted after them, but it's, you know, we're, we're 14 games into the season at this point. Green's 20 years old. He's got plenty of time to prove himself. And I mean, frankly, like his game just isn't sexy. And like, like with Maxi, you knew coming in, he was an incredibly polished offensive player with Bain. You knew the shot was incredible with green. The shot was a little, you know, it's a question. We know the athleticism's there. We know the the cutting acumen is there, but his best attribute is defense, and that's not like a fun thing for for the casual fan. So when when they see him, you know, he has a career high of eight points and six rebounds. They're like. And like Maxi dropped like what thirty seven points or whatever the other night, but Green's never going to do that. But he's the <laughs> he's an ultimate glue guy though, and you need those guys to win championships. What I what I preferred Maxi at the time, yeah, but I I couldn't fault them for the Green pick because they're building an identity, 
And you need guys like multiple guys like that on your team to win championships. And he, he's a fit. He's a fit here. And I think he's going to be just fine. Um, I'm just interested to see, okay, how does he fit in once those other three guys are back in the lineup? Yeah. And, and I mean, one last thing on Josh green and, and that is a concern. Like where does he play when Josh Richardson? I mean, that's the obvious one. Josh Richardson is going to reduce Josh Green, uh, his role a lot. My thing with um, with Green is like, I mean, like you said, the glue guy. Kind of to echo that. Every team needs the lockdown defender that's also going to uh, be an excellent cutter, can pass on the move. That is literally what a glue guy is, and I mean, you see it with. And I'm not making a comparison to this at all, but like hearing what I just said is with defense passing cutting is literally what Draymond Green what Andre Godala do, obviously much lower level as a rookie, but they're all glue guys. And every, like you said, every title contending team has it. The Mavs potentially got their glue guy, even if he's not an all-star or anything, having a glue guy, I would take that over, you know, having a guy who gets the numbers and is an all-star, but may not have the team success. Yeah. So a couple other guys I wanted to touch on, Let's talk about Willie Colley Stein first because I think he proved that he's he's very valuable to the team uh, just with the hustle plays that we hadn't really seen from him before this year. Um, I don't know why he's always like he misses like a dunk a game, but other than that, like the finishing around the rim has been pretty solid. He's been a lob threat, been really active on both ends of the floor. Um and I think he's he's proven that he's the backup big that that we need. And kind of transitioning to Porzingis is once kind of in the Pacers game, they said, okay, you know what? We're going to let KP play the five and, and we'll bring Willie off the bench. And, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that Porzingis had the best game of the year for him so far. He had 27 points, 13 rebounds and a block, uh, four assists as well on 15 shots, 12 of 15 shooting. Um, it, 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 he's, he's much better in the offense when he can be the five and ha- knowing that you have the depth of Willie Colley Stein is super important. Yeah. And funny thing about his, uh, dunk stat. So, <laughs> Someone shared, I think it was uh, my guy Sam Cooper, he, he shared a list of the top dunk attempts in the NBA. Willie Colley signs up there. Everybody else was above it. The next lowest is like 75%. And then everybody else in the 90, 90%. And then Willie Colley signed is at 68% uh, on dunks. So that's, I never thought dunking would be an area of improvement for someone, but here we are. Uh, but he's still capable. He sometimes misses stuff, but... I guess in his defense, a lot of his dunk attempts are in traffic. Yeah. And they're not easy finishes, but yeah, that it, it's he's a too weird... athletic for it. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I don't know though, like Dennis Smith was really athletic. Like he what, almost had a fifty inch vertical, but that man could not finish a dunk. Like how many how many pregame dunks I remember seeing like this is such an obscure thing. I remember seeing him at pregame warm ups and I'd be like, Oh man, here he goes. Like you would ha- he was a must watch if you got there early and he would try like the windmills, which like, they're not easy dunks. Like to be fair, I, I can't even touch the rim on a 10 foot. Uh, so like, I'm not trying to like criticize guys for not being able to dunk, but like, I mean, when you're an elite athlete, I don't know. It's always weird to me. Dunking is harder than it's, than it seems, I guess, but <laughs> for some guys. Yeah. And then I think just the last, I mean, obviously Luca, um, you know, he, I think for the most part played pretty well, but I thought it was interesting seeing how he tried to adjust his game, the way he was defended, particularly against Indiana, um, where they doubled him pretty quickly uh, and often. And I I think, you know, there are going to be teams that say, we're just not going to let Luca beat us. We're going to make the rest of the Mavs do the damage. And, that's when you need, okay, Porzingis, you got to hit those open shots. Hardaway, hit those open shots. Um, when you get Green, and, or sorry, um, Richardson and Kleba and Benny Smith back, got to hit those open shots. And I think once they do, pe- teams are going to say, okay, well, we can't defend them that way. 
Um, yep. And that's when the Mavs could start to be dangerous when, when people aren't sure how they're supposed to defend them anymore. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't know how to say the Pacers coach name, but he was one of the OG box in one guys. Uh, and that's what they put on him. I mean, they put Luca on the box in one, unfortunately for him, Indiana couldn't successfully pull it off defensively. Their off ball defense was pretty poor. Uh, but I am interested to see like how teams continue to shake it up because that's what they tried running, uh, which obviously was notoriously how they beat the Warriors, the Raptors, excuse me, uh, in 2019. And Luca seemed fine with it. Like, I mean, there was a play at the very beginning of the game where he bumped knees with someone and he looked like he couldn't even walk and he was still beating him. So I don't know. It's uh, it seems like no matter what you throw at the guy, unless you put literally all five guys on him, even then I, you could put like the Denver Nuggets, like tall, tallest people, like he's like, can run what a five man center. They're like the only team. And he'd probably still be able to make it work. Like he's, he's just that gifted. I don't think you can really stop him. It's literally about just containing him as much as you can and, they didn't pull it off. Yeah, I think the only issue I had was there were a couple times where I think he just tried to make something happen that wasn't there because he yeah. felt like, you know, he wasn't scoring enough. But again, 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds, they're going to do that. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you live with that development. Yeah, and I mean, Luka does that any game regardless of the defense. <laughs> True. So... Anything else on the Mavs, or would you like to to move no. on to this past um, week of college games? I'm ready to talk about the awful product that is college basketball. Okay. <laughs> That's so, a real hype um, way to introduce this. <laughs> what is the, what's the first game you want to talk about? Do uh, you want to start with LSU-Alabama? I mean, that's... Sure. I, I'm excited about that because that was, if you like shooting... Go ahead and rewatch that game. Like, go ahead and watch that on demand, uh, because Alabama could not make a shot, and LSU couldn't make one. Um, my quick takeaway, and I'll let you take the Alabama side. Um, so Cameron Thomas is a guy who I I do think he's a lottery talent. I don't know if I'd take him lottery. Um, incredible score, just knows how to get a bucket whenever, however. Uh, but man, he I, I want to say something, but it is his shot selection's bad. Um, there's, he, he just gets tunnel vision on his shots and it really showed, I think in that game, I, I, I can't remember. Do you have the stats up on the game? What I do. You? He was, uh, he was six of 17. He did finish with 21 points, uh, one assist, five turnovers. He was eight of eight from the line, one of six from three. Yeah. Which is sadly enough. That wasn't even a bad game for him. That's pretty normal. Uh, I mean, he's a chucker and my thing for whatever team takes him has to, has to have a lot of security. You can't, I wouldn't be touching him if you're trying to fix your offense through him. It's a bad mistake. Uh, and I think games like that Alabama one kind of show that why it's so dangerous, why he's kind of a dangerous pick, even though like the scoring is electric, he could go South at any time and it doesn't stop him, which can be toxic uh, to the team he's on. So, but you want to take the Alabama side. It's a lot more fun. Well, so I, I didn't get to catch the whole thing. I saw most of the first half. Um, but I, I, I was interested to see mostly Cam Thomas and just see how he reacted to the Alabama defense, because, you know, it's not just the Alabama football team that's known for having good defense, but their <laughs> basketball team has some really good defenders on it. You like that? that Even though Alabama's great, defense great wasn't anything to write home about this year, but whatever, this isn't a football <laughs> podcast. Um, but Herb Jones, Josh Primo, even Petty isn't a bad defender. Um, so I was just interested to see how we dealt with it. He did still score 21 points, but it was inefficient. But speaking of efficiency, John Petty and Josh Primo combined for uh, 16 of 21 from the field, including 14 of 18 from three. <laughs> Uh, good for 24 points from Petty, 22 from Primo. Um, and Primo only played 19 minutes. Um, but I found a tweet um, from Hunter Cruz. Um, he, uh, he says, interesting statistical find. John Petty performs at an elite level offensively in games, which he connects on his first attempt from three. That initial shot can really create sustainable rhythm. And so he... He shows 
when he misses his first three, which has happened in nine games uh, when he posted this, he was shooting uh, 11 shots a game, 34% from the field, six threes a game, 29% from three, an offensive rating of 104.3 and 12 points per game. When he makes his first three, which happened five times, he is shooting nine and a half shots a game, 67% from the field, seven threes per game, 68% from three, 68%. A 169.8 offensive rating and 18.4 points per game, which is just incredible. And again, shout out to Hunter for for finding that and pointing that out. Um, But... Um, just just ridiculous shooting that night, and and he did it in a variety of ways on the catch and shoot, dribble, pull up, off movement. Um, is Petty a guy to you that's kind of putting himself on on the map, kind of the same way Desmond Bain did with with his shooting as an upperclassman? So his shot is crazy good. Like he's got great touch. Um, the form is really nice. High release. He gets a lot of air. Uh, on his base. But my worry with him is that like his shot selection and just overall feel uh, for the game, have always been underwhelming. I feel like, and this is, this goes back to when he was sophomore freshman. I just, I really haven't seen a huge improvement over the four years. Um, I do think though, that this, this game is the one that elevates him to a more mainstream status. I still haven't seen him on any mocks, two round mocks or anything, uh, which I've never understood. Someone that good of a shooter probably, should not go unnoticed, uh, especially in a league where shooting is a premium. Um, I'm not, I'm, I don't think he'll be a first round pick or anything. Um, I think he's a toned down Desmond Bain. If you just honestly, like a poor man's Desmond Bain in the nicest way, it's not, not an insult or anything, but this kind of game is the game that I, I do think again, puts him on mid second round radar that you could see him taken in the thirties. Yeah. And, the other guy I wanted to talk about, because I, I think Primo's probably a multi-year guy. I don't think he's he's ready for the NBA yet. But uh, we had the question about Herb Jones last week. Um, man. <laughs> yeah, I like him. Board. I like him. Uh, he's, he's shooting the ball at a much better clip this year. Uh, he's shooting 48% from three and 79% from the line. Um, and we already knew about him as a defender. Um, Jones could definitely work his way into the round two conversation. Yeah, I hope so too. I'm, I feel like I'm the I'm the non Alabama fan president uh, of Herb Jones uh, fan club. I, I've worded that terribly, but of people who aren't Alabama fans, I'm the president. I, I think of we got what you were club. saying. Yeah, sorry, it just didn't come out right. But and on top of all that, you said like first of all, he shot what eight percent, twelve percent from three last year. Uh, so it's a huge improvement. He spent a, it's legit. He's not going to shoot 48%. He's probably close to like 33, 34, but um, he worked his ass off over summer. I mean, that's something, if you talk to anybody who like is close to Alabama basketball, they'll tell you that his shot is, he worked on that a lot. And then the other thing with him, obviously lockdown defender, you can guard one through four. Um, he is, a, he brings the ball up for Alabama. Like he's been there playmaker a lot of times too it's nothing crazy he's not going to be making advanced passes um but he's got a really good just overall game i would say and and it's something that sticks and and he's someone who i really i don't know about you like i don't know where you're feeling on this i would take him with the math second round pick kind of adding to the defense defensive playmaking i don't know what it i don't know how well he'd fit with luca depending on the shot but i mean if dorian finney smith could develop uh and his jump shot I really see no reason why Herb Jones couldn't. Obviously, worse numbers to start with from Jones than Finney Smith, but the I think the improvement's real. Yeah, I, I think I could get there if if he can continue to shoot at the level that he is. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind taking him in the second round for sure. Yeah, and Primo. Um, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, Primo's a guy who I, I want, I'm all in on the Mavs getting in t- first round of 2022. I, I'm all in on that guy. Like, it's obvious, like you said, he's not going to come out this year. But, like, it's obvious that guy has first round talent potential. Yeah, he, he's not quite ready yet, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, he oozes talent, for sure. 
Um, anything else on Alabama LSU you wanted to touch on? I was hoping for a better game, but 30-point blowout, what can you do? <laughs> yeah, no, Alabama might be the best team in the SEC. Yeah, I don't think it's a stretch. I mean, they beat Tennessee, too, who was the favorite for that title. Yeah, I, I think it's it's down to those two. And I like Arkansas, too. Um, do you want to, do you want to move to Arkansas, the Arkansas Auburn game? Did you get to see that one? I didn't get to see that game. I did see the other, the first meeting of the two in December, uh, if that counts, but I know, uh, I forgot who won. I think Auburn won. I, one of them choked the lead pretty bad. Um, but I will never miss an opportunity. Was pastime, like the, the past game this week. Yeah. Yeah. On Wednesday, I think. I, uh, Auburn was up 43, 31 at halftime, but Arkansas came back and won by two. That's what it was. Yeah. I, I don't think Moses Moody was a big part of it, uh, but I will never miss an opportunity to pass or to, to praise Moses Moody. Um, so I, I'm huge on Moses Moody. I don't know where you stand, but uh, I think that's a pretty consensus thing at this point. What my question, though, is to you is who's the second best prospect on Arkansas? Because there's like five guys that could be and I don't know how good the second best is, but I think it's a second round talent. There's like four guys that jump out. Like even Vanover, who's a seven three sharpshooter, like <laughs> that sticks out, and I don't even think he's the second best. Sorry to put you on the spot. I know that's a that's not an easy question, but yeah, um, I I'm not convinced they have another like it's legit fair. NBA talent. Um, but I yeah, I mean. Moody was a bit underwhelming uh, that game, but you you can still see the talent, the the shot, um, and then I think the ability to guard threes and fours, um, some twos as well. Um, but super long, um, again, really good shooter. Um, I think he's better than the thirty seven percent he's at right now. Um, unfortunately, I watched. So what did I watch? I watched him against Tennessee where he struggled. And I watched him against Auburn where he struggled. And I missed the Georgia game when he went off for 25, the LSU game where he scored 18 and the Alabama game where he went for 28 and nine. So (laughs) maybe I'm just a a bad luck charm for, for Moses. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and just tell me uh, whenever you are going to watch Moses Moody. I'll start betting the under on his points, you know, and everything like that. And then uh, we can yeah. Inside have a good or bad game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, um, I, I, think, I think his shot is legit, though. Like, Sorry. Do you, what were you going to say? I, I was going to move on, but if you wanted to talk more oh, about it. I was going to say, I, I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page. I know you said you had brought up his shot. Do you buy it, though? Yeah. The shot? Okay. Just, just yeah. Sure. Sorry, we can move on now. I no, he, he, he's legit. Um, I, I just also wanted, to, I, I thought the other prospect in that game was Sharif Cooper. Um, I really like Cooper. Um, I think I put him, I have it here. I had him, I have him 11. I, I have him just ahead of Moody one spot ahead. Um, but I'm hoping I didn't like get too caught in the hype of it. Because the shot is a concern. It's like a very set shot. Um, and for a guy who's like maybe 6'1 with the hair, um, it's concerning. Um, but, you know, he had 25 points, four assists, four <laughs> boards. But Arkansas really tried to get the ball out of his hands and make other team, uh, other players beat him. And then Cooper would kind of come back and get the ball and and force something up, but um, I'm interested just to, to see how teams continue to defend Auburn and how Cooper reacts. Yeah. If for people who haven't seen him, how would you describe Cooper? Like, cause I mean, obviously like he's six one, but there's a reason he's that high. Cooper Cooper is arguably the best ball handler I've ever seen. <laughs> he, I'm he (laughs) and he needs it because he's not like he's small he's not particularly explosive he's quick 
but he like he's not gonna I don't think he would just be able to blow by somebody like like you know a, a John Wall used to do back in the day. Um but he can really manipulate defenders with his with his ball handling ability. And he's absolutely fearless for better or worse. Um I think he is gonna need to add some weight and just find ways to be a little craftier around the, like he is crafty around the basket, but don't be so like, like I have to go up and finish, you know, try to finish over the, like finish around the trees, finish, you know, up and under the trees. Don't just try to, you know, bully your way through, um, which I think he's starting to figure out a little bit. Um, you know, in high school, you can kind of do whatever you want. Um, but he's electric, man. He's going to score. Um, he, he's going to put up numbers. The question's just going to be, okay, how how is he going to fit into an NBA offense? But the talent's real. Yeah. I mean, he's got the hypnotizing handles. Like, no question. Dude, it's insane. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it's a crazy stretch to say they're like near goat tier handles. But Well, okay. So I, 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 would, never, I would never scout like this, but – when I heard he was coming back, I just went and looked up like a highlight package of him. Cause you know, he's fun. He has a play. And I think I might've mentioned it last week where he like goes to like sham God. And in the middle of it, he, the guy, like the defender reaches and he, he pulls the ball away. And as he's doing it, he just like kind of looks at the guy, like, what are you tr- like? Why are you even trying? And then it just like goes right past him. And I'm like, he just did that in the middle of a sham god. <laughs> Send me that. Send me that. I need to see. It. I'll, I'll find it. Yeah, I'll find it. Uh, but but I'm sorry. You, uh, carry on what you were gonna say. No, that that was all I had. Uh, did you have anything else on Auburn, Arkansas? No, I, I don't think so at the moment. So, what's another oh. game you want to get to? I uh, I think what we almost have to talk about is Duke Pitt. Uh, Jalen Johnson's first. Oh, dude, I didn't get to see it. So I, I, if I knew he was playing, I would have made time to watch. So Jonathan Wasserman put out a good, uh, little clip. If you need to see any, like he clipped it, I think it was like a two minute video. It covered just about everything. Um, smooth athlete, probably the best rebounder. That's not a big man in the class. Uh, actually not probably. He definitely is. Uh, he's had multiple, he had a 2020 game, like, and he's a big I don't know. Would you say, what would you say he is? Power forward, small forward, wing? Like, what would you, like, he's almost as true of a small forward, I feel like, as we've seen in a while, right? I think he's, I think he's a four. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I kind of, so, I mean, yeah, forward. I don't think he's going to shoot it well enough to be a real wing. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't put him as a wing either. Uh, I know I say small forward, which technically could be a wing. Um, yeah, I mean, he he took one three. I think for the year he's taken less than like fifteen or something like that. Uh, that was a high end. He's taken ten, uh, but like that's going to be the biggest question mark for him. Smooth athlete, probably two way guy. Uh, I mean, he gets to the rim at ease. And for that game, like all, he start, he wasn't even starting this game. He played thirty three minutes off the bench, twenty four points on eight of fourteen shooting, one of one from three, seven of ten from the line, fifteen rebounds, seven assists, two steals, and four blocks. Like he's a crazy athlete. Uh, he fouled out. Though. That's bonkers. Yeah, and he fouled out. And and it's not Coppin State. Yeah, no, this was against a legit Pitt team who Pitt won. And Pitt has two guys that I see with NBA upside. Uh, and what's crazy is it completely shadowed. I can't say his last name because it's almost Champagne, but it's not. Justin Champ- I, Champagne, I don't know how to say it right, but he had 31 and 14. Like He's going to be in the NBA. He went 12 of 15. And then Audiese Tony is also going to be in the NBA one day. Those, this is like legit competition that he did it against. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> he has my attention. Yeah. And, and at this point, this is like all you can do is if he continues to keep it up, like you have to watch him. He's probably the closest we'll see this year to a five by five threat. Uh, I mean, that he was three seals away in a block away from a five by five the other night. So like, this is this is a legit. I, I don't think you see prospects like that often. I mean, even Zion didn't flirt with five by fives, and he was probably the closest well, one. Did they play last night? Uh, no, they played. 
Uh, they haven't played since, I don't think. Was it well, – what day was it? Oh, Tuesday I'm sorry. That was on Tuesday. It was on Tuesday. And I think they play tomorrow, which uh, I don't know who they play, honestly. Uh, I'm looking it up now, so bear with me. But I think they play on Saturday, which uh, may not be too late if, you, if you're listening to this. Uh, they play Louisville, so that's, that's a big game. That's, that's a, a good game, game. with uh, David Johnson. Yeah, him versus Stewart, who I'm all in on Stewart. I love that jump shot. Like, watching Emmanuel quickly have success, I don't see how you can't find Stewart just as good, you know? Yeah, the, you don't the find funny thing anymore. is, <laughs> I, I almost – so I didn't know Johnson was playing against Pitt, and I almost watched that game um, or, like, recorded it to watch – you know, just to watch Stewart a little bit. And I was like, ah, whatever. Like there'll be plenty of other Duke games. And then Jalen Johnson comes back and I'm like, oh, come on. I missed it. Um, so that was a bummer, but, um, excuse me. Ooh, I don't know if the mic caught that. Um, Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did catch Florida, Tennessee, which was a shocker. Did you watch that one? I didn't. Uh, that was actually one of my next ones I needed to get to. I didn't get to it in time before this. Jaden Springer didn't play, right? He did not. He did not. Um, but Florida looked good. They looked really good. Um, I liked what Trey Mann did. Uh, 6 of 11 from the field. 12 points, 4 boards, 3 assists. Um, played some good defense. Uh, but just kind of like everything kind of ran through him to me. And then Omar Payne was like just an absolute eraser. Um, he nine, nine points, nine boards, five blocks. Goodness. And I mean, they were every block he had was just like, holy crap. He, he just put a lid on the, on the rim. Um, and then obviously for Tennessee, uh, Keon Johnson played a lot, um, struggled, uh, eight points, three assists, two rebounds, played his usual good defense, but he was two of seven from the line. Um, the shots an issue right now. Um, the athleticism's there. We knew that, but, but the shot is an issue. And until he figures that out, I'm not sure how he's going to score aside from just cutting to the basket. Yeah, and I do think the shot will come around because the form isn't broken. The shot's not a broken shot at all. It's just not going in. Um, obviously, you watched this game and I didn't, so you might be able to speak if he was taking bad shots, if the shot looked wonky or whatnot. Like, did it? So, some of it was, was, you know, he's trying to finish over a guy like Omar Payne and, you know, yeah, Payne, Payne is a elite-level, you know, shot blocker, so... You know, that's what happens. Yeah. And and another guy you brought up in there, Trey Mann, like he he is someone who I had heard was going to be a star freshman, uh, obviously kind of more, not kind of, he was really bad as a freshman. Uh, he had five points a game on 35%. This year, though, he has really broken out. He's up to 14 points per game, four assists, five rebounds on 42% uh, and shooting 40% from three on four attempts a game. He's someone who's really brought himself onto the scene almost as a first rounder. I mean, there's the guard depth in this class is absolutely incredible. And, um, and you said he played really well, right? Yeah. Um, oh, geez. Um, he, he was good. Uh, I, I don't think he was lights out, but he was good. Yeah. And I don't know if he needs another year or whatnot. Um, but he's a guy to definitely monitor because I, I feel like if he comes out this year, he's probably second rounder. Um, I don't know if he's swung enough scouts from last year. They probably want to, like, I don't know. When you have that bad of a year, you kind of need to prove this year isn't a fluke counter. Uh, although guys do get better. I think it's kind of BS, but that's a whole different thing. Um, I I do think that if he comes back next year and repeats it, uh, he's a, almost locked for a first round. I mean, he's 6'5 guard who can do – he's walking 15'5 five, five in college, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, I had him at 25, so, you know, borderline first-round draft pick. Um, but I like his game. Um, 
All right, any others that you wanted to, to talk about? Quick touching on this one. Uh, I mean, feel like every episode we talk about, and Kentucky lost to Georgia. Uh, again, I don't know what's going on with Kentucky. They're four and nine. Georgia's nine and four. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. I admittedly didn't. I box scored watch. But uh, the one thing I, I saw via people I trust on Twitter, uh, especially like draft people that are tied to Kentucky, was that BJ Boston, this was like his best game. Um, came off the bench. He was going against bench players, played 33 minutes. Off the bench, he had 18 points, seven rebounds, one assist, one steal on nine of 17. Uh, 0 of three from three, which the shot does scare me. Uh, I think that's going to be the legitimate stain. I guess quick question since we're halfway through the season on him. Do you think he needs to come back for a second year or do you think he should just go and let the talent upside go and take him wherever? Um, right now, I would probably lean towards coming back, but I want to look up Kentucky's um, recruiting class. Yeah. Just to see, so I know they have Damian Collins coming in. So they, I mean, they have Nolan Hickman coming in uh, as a point guard. Uh, he's ranked thirty-one according to twenty-four-seven Sports. But you know, unless he comes in and makes a difference, or Devin Askew figures some things out, or they pick someone up as a transfer. Um, I think you're going to kind of have the same issues yeah. in terms of spacing and just he's a guy who's really going to benefit from NBA spacing, but I guess it was good just to see him have the confidence to take 17 shots, like 18 points on 17 shots. Isn't good, but he, over 50%. He's, he's looked like he, he he's looked kind of shaken up. Yeah, Shook no, up. I agree. <laughs> Either way, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch um, any others? Was there any? I don't know how many more you got. You know, I I caught like part of the second half of Michigan Maryland because I wanted to see more of Franz Wagner, um, and I liked what I saw. Um, I like how he moves his feet defensively. Um, really interesting offensive player, like a six ten, you know combo forward maybe even wing um i like the shot um he made some some really slick passes i think he's got good court vision um so he's a guy that i want to keep monitoring as well um i had him on my big board kind of like as a watch list guy for me um to to kind of keep monitoring and i think they're actually playing purdue as we speak um so um you know he he's another guy that i think uh, could be a, a potential first round talent. Yeah, I've seen some people put him in the lottery. I, I'm still not sold on him because this game is just not that smooth offensively. Um, like on the eyes, at least, like he, he produces, but man, like it's not for me. It's just not always the prettiest thing, and I'm in the minority of just not being super high on him. Um, did you get to see Isaiah Livers? Because I know me and a lot of our listeners, uh, one former guest in particular, uh, really like. Isaiah Livers and I—I I mean, I'd love him on the Mavs because he's a shooter. I—I uh, I saw him. I wasn't super paying attention, to be honest. So um, I'm just gonna skip that one. <laughs> I think he scored 20 <laughs> points that game, though. Like, you know, I look up. Oh, Livers scored again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the I, shot is legit, and he's having a great year. I, I for those who don't know, like Isaiah Livers is. Pretty much his game is going to be shooting at the next level. I think he's 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, um, let me double-check that I have this pulled up. He, yeah, he's 6'7", shooter. I mean, that's that's something you need next to Luca. whether or not, you know, his role is big. Uh, having someone like him to be able to step in is pretty big. For sure. And so, then, um, carry on. Oh, no, sorry. I, I had lag, honestly. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to get into, uh, games to watch for this weekend? Yeah. Um, actually, do you mind if I just touch on a couple others I watched? Uh, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I watched, uh, so I don't know. Washington state's not easy to watch, um, because like they're all their games from Pac-12 network. 
Uh, but I watched two games. I watched one against USC and one against Utah, uh, which was Thursday night. And I think that was Monday night against – or Sunday against USC. Uh, so Washington State's got a guy, F.A. Uh, I, I can't say – I'm really bad at saying I think it's Abu – I'm going to botch it. I, I don't know what's gotten into me that I just botch all these draft names, but uh, it's F.A. Abu Gidi. Abu Gidi. Uh, he's a really mobile, athletic, 6'10", big man. He can shoot. Tore his ACL a few years ago, but went viral in like the NBA global camps uh, like three or four years ago with a dunk in a dunk contest. Um, Evan Mobley kind of ate him up, but they both were battling on the rebounds a lot. Uh, and then Noah Williams, you've got to watch. Uh, but Evan Mobley, uh, I, I, it sucks because USC really misuses him. Like that guy is horribly misused on offense. Like they just let him post up which is not his game at all. Uh, so I wasn't a big fan of that. Sorry. Do you have anything on Mobley? I know you love Mobley. Yeah, I love him. I, I recorded the uh, USC-Oregon State game. I haven't watched it yet, though. Um, so TBD there. Yeah, and I'm sad because Stanford game Thursday against them was canceled, and that was an elite matchup. But um, unfortunately, yeah, I'm for now. Yeah, and Oscar De Silva – I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen him. I think he's a second-round guy uh, for Stanford. He's one of the best big men in the country. Going against him, and he's a pretty physical force. Would have been a great matchup. Uh, yeah, and then the other uh, the other games were obscure. They're not even worth talking about on here, but maybe one day. Uh, so, yeah, you want to go to this weekend? Yeah, so what's your uh, – I know you've got a ton, but give me, give me one game that is a can't-miss game for you this weekend. Providence Villanova. Um, I I really loved watching. Uh, I can't say that sentence all at once. I really want to see David Duke. Uh, <laughs> I did not love watching David Duke, uh, but I really do want to see him against Villanova. Uh, they got a good defense. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is obviously one of my favorite prospects. Uh, David Duke's been on a mission this year. Um, triple double watch almost game in game out. Great slasher. Jeremiah Robinson Earl's rim protector for. Villanova, so I really want to see how that one goes. That and then obviously Duke, Louisville, as we talked about. But I, what about you? Um, how about Baylor, Oklahoma State? Um, yeah. I'm I'm really interested to see how Baylor defends Kate Cunningham. I think Davion Mitchell's a really high level defender and could potentially give Gabe problems. And then on the other hand, Oklahoma State's just the kind of team that could upset anybody at any time. <laughs> Uh, when you have the best player in the country, um, not named Luca Garza, so um, <laughs> so I think that'll be a fun game. Um, I think you covered Duke Louisville. I'm just kind of scrolling through the schedule. Hey, uh, Stanford and- UCLA is a four o'clock game Central yeah. Time, so we'll get to see Zaire Williams, assuming it doesn't get postponed. It won't. It was on USC's end, so it should be good. Okay. Yeah. And also that Oklahoma State game. I don't know if you remember last year, Oklahoma State took Baylor to the buzzer uh, in Oklahoma State. Uh, obviously, Baylor won, and Baylor was still top three team. So it, I could see it happening again because this is in Stillwater. I, I, that's actually a really good game, not only for an NBA prospect watch, but also just college. Like I, I like that pick. I don't know how I let that escape me. Um, I know Kentucky's a dumpster fire, but LSU-Kentucky <laughs> – um, Cam Thomas could go for 30 that game. Uh, easy. Um, let's see. USC Cal should be a fun one. Missouri, Tennessee. Missouri's good, man. Missouri's got a good team, too. Uh, I think he froze could up. Could you repeat on me. that? I heard Kentucky is a dumpster fire, and that was the last thing I heard. <laughs> so you froze on Kentucky as a dumpster fire. Uh, I said, no, but I think Cam Thomas could go for 30 that game. So that, that could be worth watching. Uh, and then Missouri, Tennessee, cause Missouri's got a really good team right now. Yeah. I would also throw one more, uh, which is Clemson, Florida state Clemson's top 20, their number 20, excuse me. Uh, in Florida state, I will watch any game that Scotty Barnes is in. Uh, I I'm, I tried to watch him game. the other night, and he wasn't playing. Yeah. No, I know. It's been inconsistent. I think he's fighting injury. 
Uh, but he should be playing against Clemson. So that game on ABC at 2 o'clock is a must-watch. Uh, that one is definitely on my list. Speaking of uh, of unfortunate injuries, I was really looking forward to Creighton UConn before uh, Book Knight's uh, elbow surgery. Yeah. yeah, is he done for the year? I'm pretty sure he's out for a while, but... He's out indefinitely, so that's... You never want to hear those words. Yeah. Well, I remember last year Halliburton was out indefinitely. I mean, like, it's not not a death sentence to lose your stock like that, but also he had dropped a 40-point game already. He had done his damage. Like, he wasn't – I don't know. I feel like his stock was only – it may may have hurt him, like, a couple spots, but, I mean, that guy's a lottery talent. He's arguably the most gifted offensive talent that's not in the top five. Um, I mean, I – I don't think it'll hurt his stock too much, but yeah, it is unfortunate because he's he is basketball eye candy. Like <laughs> he is very fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Anything else? I think that. No, might be I. Uh, no, I think yeah, I think that's it. I'm trying to see if there's any Sunday games, but maybe Rutgers, Indiana, because Indiana just beat Iowa, and uh, and Rutgers has Ron Harper Jr. and they look terrible right now, so. Always a great great game when uh, a great team and a terrible team match up. Or slumping team, I should say. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, I guess we'll call it here then. So, um, thank you for listening to the Mavs Draft Podcast. Uh, if you listen to us uh, on iTunes, give us a, a nice review and a five-star rating if you choose. That would be nice. Um, tell your friends and family, we love, uh, we love growing our audience a little bit. Um, follow Richard at Mavs draft on Twitter, uh, or find his work at Mavs Uh, you can follow me at Jared underscore cats 30. That's K A T Z. And I think that's going to do it. So thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you guys next time.